This is Shine On, the Health and Happiness Show, and Ella's Leash Production. Heard as a podcast around the world, but heard first on radio stations 100.7 WHUD FM and Real Country 920, 1260, and 1420 AM. All in New York's Hudson Valley. Shine On, bringing you healers and dreamers and people who want to make life richer. It's your time to shine on. Hi, it's Casey. Thanks for shining on today. We live to express love. We live to express love. That's what one guest, a professional prayer, has to share with us today. We'll also get ready for summer and learn to swim in your backyard pool. But first, we start with a celebration in the Hudson Valley. Hello Again, Dolly is a six-month celebration starting in May to mark the 50th anniversary of Hello, Dolly being filmed in Garrison and Cold Spring. Enter artist Christopher Radko of Christmas Decorating and Fragrant Home and personal care fame. Now, Christopher's dad was a cardiologist who healed a movie executive, which is how the Radko family wound up with tickets to the red carpet premiere of Hello, Dolly! 50 years ago. Christopher attended as a little boy, and here we are today. He's created a festival to celebrate that film and this community. Does this mean no more holiday decorating? I can't give up Christmas. I adore Christmas too much. I think that will always be part of my my experience, uh, and and I'll always have something to contribute for Christmas, so I'll probably get back into that in the future. Tell me about this heather farm you once had. Oh, the lavender. The lavender. The lavender, yes. Uh, you know, I was a, a lavender farmer, organic lavender farmer for 15 years. And I had an incredible collection of uh, uh, skincare and, 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 and home uh, fragrance products uh, that I, I launched and, and sold uh, across the country. And last year, you know, I, I just said goodbye to that. But uh, I love lavender and and I, I, promote, I still promote growing organic lavender lavender here in in New York State. So you've had these two phenomenal businesses, and you let them both go. Yes. So what is Christopher Radko holding on to these days? <laughs> well, loving the Hudson Valley for sure, uh, and the uh, the Hudson Highlands in particular. Uh, I am uh, creating this wonderful festival, a community wide festival called Hello Again, Dolly, and it's all about celebrating the 50th anniversary of the filming of the movie Hello Dolly. You know, with Barbara Streisand and Walter Matthau, right here in the Hudson Valley. Yeah, how fantastic is that? All right, it's amazing that it's been 50 years. I remember growing up as a little kid in this area and finding out that that movie was filmed near my hometown, and I would brag about it to everybody. You know, they filmed Hello, Dolly! and Garrison. It's been such a point of pride and joy and celebration for us all here. So that was 50 years ago, and now what are we going to do to celebrate the anniversary? Well, you know, my love for Hello, Dolly! started with my parents taking me to the premiere of the movie back in 1969 in New York City. And all my life, I was wondering, where is magical Yonkers, you know, yeah. that is shown in the movie? And finally, I discovered it's right here, you know, in Garrison and Cold Spring and around West Point. So I was so thrilled to kind of rediscover this place and find out it wasn't just made up by Hollywood. It's a real, real place. And I get to live here now. And and my love for the movie and my love for this uh, area of the Hudson Valley has led me to say, hey, I'm going to create a festival where, where the whole community can, can be involved. And the festival has over 18 different events for six months. It starts in May and runs through October, the end of October. And it includes things like a, an incredible Hello Dolly exhibit at the uh, Putnam History Museum. West Point is doing a, a Hello Dolly concert. There's going to be a live parade on Garrison Landing. Oh and, and it's to the song uh, Put On Your Sunday Clothes. And Tommy Toon, who's one of the stars of the movie, is actually coming up and recreating his scene, his great moment in that movie 
movie with the put on uh, your Sunday clothes parade. And everyone's invited to that. It's a free event. It's a costume optional uh, event. People can wear fun Sunday clothes event. But there's so many great events going on all through the season, all about celebrating making the movie Hello, Dolly, right here in our own backyard. Now, I believe at Garrison Landing, isn't there a building or two that still has like the faded paint on it from the movie scene? Well, really, the whole uh, Garrison Landing itself by the water uh, was was rebuilt and renovated by 20th Century Fox. But you can still find, you know, all the buildings are still there and they're well taken care of. Vandegelder's, the beautiful brick building is still there. The whole park was created by 20th Century Fox. It was, it was re- restored back then and it was their gift to the community. So, so that's where we're going to have the interview with Tommy Toon. That's where we're having the outdoor uh, screening of the movie Hello, Dolly on Father's Day weekend this year. So, I mean, again, it's, it's, it's kind of like a historical place, but it was in the movie. But you can see it, you know, 50 years later. And, and it's like going back in time. You feel like you're in the 1890s there. It's, it's amazing. It is amazing. But here's what I want to know. When you were a little kid, you went to the premiere of this movie. That's right. And you were a little kid. <laughs> Nine years old. If anybody could have told you then, one day you're going to live in this neighborhood that right. you're looking at. And yeah. you're going to put on you, Christopher Radko. You are going to put on the festival to celebrate the 50th anniversary of this film. <laughs> Imagine what that little nine-year-old would have said. I, You know, I mean, my parents would <laughs> say, wow, this is really amazing. But, you know, it, it, my idea to start the festival was really just I wanted to recreate the parade down Garrison Landing. Yeah. And then I got Tommy Toon invited. And then I started working with all the not-for-profits in our area because most of these events are free. They're free and open to the community. So right now, it's gone up to over 18 different events, which is like astronomical. They're all they're all on the website, by the way, which is um, helloagaindolly.com, www.helloagaindolly.com. You can see all the festivals in the calendar, find out where, when, and, and what. You oh, know? wow. The West yeah. Point Band is involved. Now, yep. we're going to start with the exhibit, right, at the Putnam yes. History Museum, and that's Saturday, May 12th. Correct. And the big grand finale, when is that? Well, um, there there are, there are many. Yeah, there are many grand finales. For instance, in August, West Point is doing you know Hello Dolly music and one of their summer Saturday uh, outdoor concerts. Uh, you know, just it's it's still being kind of planned out. So the best thing is to check our website. But it runs all the way through the end of October, and there are lots of special events. Thornton Wilder, who wrote The Matchmaker, uh, which is the comedy before Hello Dolly, his nephew's coming to speak. We have Jerry Zachs, the the director of the amazing Broadway show version of Hello, Dolly. He's coming up to speak. Barbara Streisand's doing a welcome video for us. Um, you know, I mean, there's so many kind of uh, moving parts to this festival, so it's it's sort of like, check the website and you'll find out what's happening this week. Barbara Streisand is doing a welcome video. Yeah, thanks to her her wonderful uh, uh, music director, Richard J. Alexander. He's working with her on creating a welcome video for us, and that'll be showing at the uh, museum and also so when we show the movie uh, on Garrison Landing, yes. What else is up your sleeve, Christopher? <laughs> what is what is? Well, you know, I, I, there's an amazing book coming out on on the making of the movie that will be available in uh, in May, and then after that, when all said and done, I, I think we'll have the kind of more warm memory of being connected as a community through that shared history of Hello Dolly. But uh, many more good things for me as well. I'll, I'll be writing a book about my life and all my adventures and experiences, kind of with a bit of a spiritual side to it, because because I'm very grateful 
for all the gifts I've been giving. And, and I, think, I think I have kind of a unique perspective on life that I'm really excited and anxious to share with people, um, ways that we all make a difference and ways that we all have a great deal of worth and value, how, how each of us, no matter what we do, uh, are an important part of this puzzle, an important part of this, this world that, that we live in. Christopher Radko, when does that book come out? <laughs> Very good. Uh, well, you know, I have to start writing it. Okay, okay. <laughs> so because probably you know, in a year from now. I've got a show for that book. Ah, great. I've got a show for that book. Yay. So my listeners are saying, oh yeah, they found each other. <laughs> they found each other. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Hello again, Dolly. Thank you, one, for coming to town. Yes. I know you weren't born here, but you got here as soon as you could. My heart is here. And we appreciate that. And two, thank you for giving this community and this region an incredible festival. Hello again, Dolly. And where can we go for more information? Um, visit us daily at helloagaindolly.com and you'll find out all the latest, greatest events for the six-month festival. It's uh, The whole family is involved and, 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 uh, and invited. It's multi-generational, so bring your kids, bring your grandparents. Uh, you're all going to have a great time. Anything else our listeners need to know? Oh, uh, a special feature of the exhibit at the Putnam History Museum are the costumes from Hello, Dolly. The costumes? Yes, the costumes. We've got Barbara Streisand's costume coming back from Hello, Dolly, as well as uh, the other leads. We have five other costumes coming back. So you can you know, really see the, the tangible elements of the movie right here in the museum exhibit. And that's when the party starts. The exhibit opens uh, May Saturday, 12th. May 12th. Perfect. Yes. Hello again. Dolly with Christopher Radko. Visit helloagaindolly.com. The Hudson Valley couldn't ask for a better ambassador. Coming up, if you have little ones, we have a swim whisperer who can teach them how to swim this summer in your backyard. And coming up, April 26th, I hope you'll join me for a free talk at the Ossining Library, a little shine on talk. We're going to have a great time and we're going to feature a lot of guests who have been on the show with some celebrity audio clips. May 6th, we've decided there is going to be a Shine On Walk and Talk at Arden Point in Garrison, a 25-minute trek to the Garrison Institute, and then we walk the labyrinth and sit and have a little chat. Looking forward to that. You can always get details at casey.co, K-A-C-E-Y dot C-O. Now, imagine this. We live to express love. Nate Frederick is a Christian science practitioner, a professional prayer of sorts, and he will tell you more in person. He's going to come to the Hudson Valley in two weeks. What does Nate do? A Christian science practitioner helps people think in a a pragmatic, Christly manner uh, in a way that uplifts their lives, brings them into conscious at one minute with everything good about life, the love, the joy, the peace that I believe underlies reality and is always present, and helps them experience healing wherever it appears to be absent in their lives. Healing? What kind of healing? Well, when I talk about healing, I'm talking about uh, a restoration to health. And uh, when I talk about health, I think a lot of people talk about it in very (laughs) wimpy ways. Health just being a physical body operating in a way that people find acceptable. Uh, I I really think that all of life spawns from consciousness, from mind. And to discover true health, one needs to understand uh, the nature of mind, the perfection that underlies reality. Uh, The Bible talks about this as God, as divine love itself. And um, so when I talk about health, I'm talking about finding that conscious at one with divine love. And from that, I believe, flows 
all the experiences in our life. And it not only uplifts our mind, but uh, it also heals our body and experiences and, you know, relationships, all that stuff. All right. Well, I'm sure there's plenty of people listening right now who would like to have at oneness with divine love. Where do we start? <laughs> well, uh, I'm giving a lecture pretty soon in Poughkeepsie. And uh, what I'll be talking about is about prayer and healing. Uh, I call it a spiritual adventure. And in this particular talk, I, I kind of break down the, the teachings of Christian science and show one how to have a kind of faith that's not blind, how to really understand the basis of, of reality, of life itself, and uh, how to love without self, how to, how to really love from a standpoint of, of unconditional care. And uh, in doing so, how to uh, experience true healing. In the lecture, I, I give several cases of cancer being healed, a dead tooth being restored, a chronic blood condition being healed. Probably the people's favorite story is just me finding a sandal on the beach when I actually absolutely needed it. But uh, yeah, when I talk about healing, I'm talking about every aspect of our life. I'm talking about eradicating chronic and hereditary disease when it appears. All right. And this can be done through prayer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the biblical account of of Jesus, I think, is the most poignant account of an individual healing people of, of chronic and hereditary disease through prayer or through any mental means in, in history. Uh, and he took everyday people, fishermen, housewives, and he taught them how to pray like he was praying. And, and many of them uh, were able to do the same things that he did. But that quickly petered out. And uh, in the 19th century, there was a, a remarkable Christian healer, uh, one of the most, the best well-recorded spiritual healers in history, if it's not the, the best. Her name was Mary Baker Eddy, and, you know, she was cataloged healing hundreds and hundreds of people um, of very serious things, cancer in its last stages, people who were born blind, born crippled, born deaf. And she really felt she had discovered the, the science of uh, what she called Christianity, the science of, of the love behind the life of Jesus. And, um, you know, she spent her whole life teaching others how to do this, and uh, this has continued for the last 150 years. And uh, there's an uh, online journal, the Christian Science Journal, that has cataloged tens of thousands of people's healings like this all over the world. All right. So Mary Baker Eddy tapped into something. By bringing people to at one minute with Christ, they can heal their lives, both physically and otherwise. So you found a shoe on the beach when you needed it. Uh, so we're talking <laughs> about not just physical he healing, but also maybe financial healing? Or I think underneath all of our experiences, all of life is consciousness. It's the way that one is aware of existence. The Bible talks about God as the great I Am. And uh, as we begin to understand the faultiness of egoic mentality or our limited physical perception, and we start to look at life from a higher viewpoint, the viewpoint Jesus looked at it through, uh, the viewpoint of spirit or of, of perfect consciousness, perfect mind. Uh, we begin to see life in a whole different way, and it's, it's, it's a non-physical view, it's a non- local view, you know, in, in modern vernacular, of life and existence, of peace and health. And it shows us that perfection underlies reality. And getting in tune with this perfection, uh, it begins to show us a healthier view in, within every conscious experience that we have. Okay. Perfection underlies reality. I'm with you. So where, <laughs> where, what part does medicine play in Christian science healing? Well, Christian science sees that consciousness is primary, so any material method 
looking for health, uh, material drug or even material words and so forth, uh, are kind of temporary fixes. But to really get to the, to the root of real healing, one needs to understand the basis of life itself, being, being God. So uh, a Christian science perspective on health is that uh, one deals with health primarily through, through consciousness, through understanding our at one with God. Uh, that's not to say that uh, people, I mean, I'm wearing glasses right now, and, and Christian scientists, if they're dealing with something and it doesn't, um, it's not healed quickly through prayer, sometimes they'll go to a doctor, or it's, it's all about individual choice. But the, the big thing is that, um, that we go to God first, and we go to consciousness first to discover health. Okay. If there is a perfection underlying all things, why isn't it more on the surface? Well, it's, it's, it's the same thing as, as any kind of, of science or universal law. You know, you take mathematics or, or physics, you know, the, those laws have always been there, but we had to discover and unpack them and understand them more to fly airplanes and develop iPhones and, uh, and all the wonderful technology we enjoy today. Um, those laws have always been there, but someone had to unpack them and, and understand them, prove them. Uh, I think the same is true with what you could call the, the divine laws of life. And uh, Mary Baker Eddy was one of those people who spent her whole life in prayer, digging really deep into the nature of God, trying to understand it the best way. Uh, that she could, and, and through healing others and teaching others, she really uh, got a profound understanding, which I think is really unparalleled. We're talking to Nate Frederick, a Christian science practitioner. What should our prayers sound like? <laughs> uh, joyful, I would say. Christian science teaches that there is no formula to prayer. It really comes from uh, a deep desire to be good and, and, and love and, and be at one with God and, and understand truth. What do they sound like? I think that um, the prayer is, is a wholly non-physical thing. So, I mean, often when people pray, they're not making any sound at all. But it, it is, uh, there are so many ways to look at prayer. And in the lecture, I, I really unpack it um, to talk about faith as a, as a verb. As a, it's, it's a, analogous to floating, mm-hmm. uh, to really to, to, letting, to letting go, to keep looking up, not looking down at our body, trying to figure things out. Uh, a deep sense of trust, of, of leaning on a, what you can call a law of buoyancy. I talk about understanding the, the nature of uh, perfection underlying reality, being love itself. It's not an entity out there within physical life that we're praying to, but to really understand the, the principle of existence, the, the datum of life, to deeply internalize that. That's a big part of prayer. And to actively be the expression of life, to be the image and likeness of, of divine love, as the Bible talks about. What does that look like? Well, if, if we're honest, I think a lot of times the way we act and react to others is from a sense of, of the ego and our own personal thoughts. And we think of others in very limited ways and we feel insufficient ourselves. But what we do in prayer is we begin with God, with perfection. And the more that we're able to internalize that and that we're the expression of this perfection, then we are able to um, look at others in that same light as well. And we don't see the imperfection and faults. We, we're, we're full of gratitude for their goodness, for their joy, their, their peace. We see that there's an eternality to that. And that divine perception... Uh, is able to love as not a mere emotional response, but as really kind of an expression of our purpose of existence, um, that we live to express love. 
It's not something that uh, comes as, as a result of favorable material conditions, but it is uh, very much a, an expression of our, our very reason for existing. We live to express love. I got that. I'm with that. That's it. That's it. That's it. All right. I like it. Okay. One more question. If I'm praying for at one minute, with the perfection that's underlying all that is, and I can't feel it, how can Christian science help me? The one is that there's this wonderful book called Science and Health with the Key to the Scriptures, written by Mary Baker Eddy. Uh, so that is, is what's considered the textbook of Christian science. Now, many, many people have been just healed just by reading through this book and, and just catching the spirit behind it. Uh, but there are also professional practitioners, professional prayers, you could say. Uh, I'm one of them, but on jsh.online.com, there's a worldwide directory of practitioners, so you can work with a professional who's been doing this for years, and uh, they will certainly uh, give you insights and, and, and be able to uplift consciousness and, and help you find your own. Meet Nate Frederick in Poughkeepsie at the Adrian's Memorial Library, April 28th, for a free lecture. Next, to hop in the pool. This is Shanaan, the Health and Happiness Show. Find more at kacey.co. Have you ever experienced a wish come true? For a child battling a critical illness, a wish come true can be a turning point. One song, one dance, one game, one adventure, one moment changes everything. Make-A-Wish needs your support to grant the wish of every eligible child. Visit wish.org now to help grant more life-changing wishes. Together, we can transform lives one wish at a time. Hi, it's Casey and you're shining on. Would you like to learn to swim? Pam Zika will come to your home in Westchester or the Hudson Valley to teach your kids in your pool. Just add water and swim. Where do we start? The most important thing, I think, is to have fun and be safe. From babies to adults, you want to break down the stroke into manageable components. Being comfortable in the water is key. I follow the lead of my students, and for parents, they want to follow the lead of their child. If the parent is nervous, the child will be nervous. You want to make it as fun as possible in the water. So we have to get our stuff together before we, you know, I have dogs. And when when I'm walking the dogs, if I'm tense, they're tense. So in the pool, if I'm cool, the kids will be cool. Right. If my kids are nervous or the students that I teach are nervous, I spend time alleviating their fears by singing and playing games with them if they're a young child. And if it's an adult, I spend time getting to the root cause of their fear. The parent may have had something happen to them when they were a child, and they won't tell me till maybe two or three lessons in, and it's something that's holding them back. So I really try to listen to a a person and get to the root cause if it's an adult. I intuitively look in their faces and I'll, or I'll see what's going on with them while I'm working with them. And it's vitally important that people, as we said, are relaxed in the water for learning to take place. Have you ever worked with anyone who was just unteachable, somebody that just could not learn how to swim? No. Really? No, and, th- and I'm celebrating 35 years this January, and I've never had a student not be able to float at the end of a lesson, either on their back or on their stomachs or blow bubbles. Really? I've been gone the swim whisperer by my students and their parents. You are the swim whisperer. All whisperer, your yeah. students learn how to swim. That's brilliant. And to see the students' self-confidence blossom and the jubilation on their faces is what it's all about for me, to see them be able to go from blowing bubbles to floating for the first time and the smile on their faces is what keeps me going. 
All right. When we're in the backyard with our kids and we want to teach them how to swim, how long should it take? You can't put a time limit on it. And you don't want it. Something that I want to impart to parents is hold your children in the water. Try not to use anything that's going to be artificially holding them up if you really want them to learn to swim quicker. A child that's been in a puddle jumper, it's a piece that goes around their back right. and snaps in the front. They're vertical in the water, and it takes more time for me to get them horizontal in the water if they've been in a flotation device. If you're on a boat, yes, you need a flotation device for safety. If you're in the water with your child, you want to be holding that child. You'll know if your child is comfortable. I know when my when my kids in the water are comfortable and ready to let go because I'm holding them. I'm making skin-to-hand contact with them to know that they're not shaking anymore in the water. Oh, I wow. can feel when they're ready to, let, to be let go of. Yeah. You say break down the swimming stroke. How do you do that for a little kid in the water? What do we say to them? For a little kid, I start by blowing bubbles, and I'll demonstrate to them blowing bubbles first. Right. You just put your face in the water? Yeah, put your face in the water and blow bubbles. And then if they can do that comfortably, I have them push off the floor or push off a step to me and see if they can glide with their faces in the water. And then if they can do that, I then proceed to moving their arms with a stroke, either breaststroke or front crawl and then we try going on their backs and what's really interesting is a lot of kids are more nervous being on their backs than on their fronts because they're not used to being on their backs even though they can breathe yeah i tell them you can breathe you're not your face is in the water and relax and they like being on their stomachs more than they like being on their back it's just probably a foreign sensation to be floating you know all right very good pam zika wonderful to learn some tips from you as summer approaches and you'll be busy in many a backyard pool teaching swimming lessons how can we get more information about you? My website is just justaddwaterandswim.com, and you can reach me there. I work locally at Premier Athletic Club in Montrose. Just Add Water and Swim. That's the swim whisperer, Pam Zika. Our thought for the day comes from Dory, the bluefish in Finding Nemo. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. See you next week. You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show for your entertainment only. Heard Sunday mornings on 100.7 WHUD and on Real Country's 920, 1260 and 1420 AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Subscribe to Shine On on iTunes and SoundCloud and catch a show anytime at Casey.co. That's K-A-C-E-Y dot C-O. Shine On. Shine On.